0: What are we talking about yeah, now? funny little green ghouls. Call- what? What, what? What? Like in movies and cartoons? What about? Are- oh, green ghouls, buddy! Don't write ghouls.
1: I'm not! Okay, hello again. Welcome to Area 215, where we just are frustrated and yell a lot. Uh, well, now we're even more frustrated because Audacity's a piece of shit. Uh, this is the second time we're recording this episode because the last one we recorded was perfect, <laughs> and then
0: Audacity lost all of our shit. Yeah, we were going to put it up like fucking bonus episode style, no no editing. And they fucked it up for us.
1: Yeah, dum 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 dum. Um all You're right, dumb. so we're not I didn't make the cocktail again because I didn't want to. Um so we actually gave everybody a freebie on the last one. Should
0: we just do it again? I say because they can't get our reactions, we just freebie it up also.
1: Yeah, so we are Area 215, where we just sit around and talk about podcast stuff. Wait, no. <laughs> where we sit around and get drunk, make cocktails, and talk about weird and creepy shit. And, yeah, I'm Hot Vodka. And
0: this is Buffy the Two-Inch Punisher. We're happy you're here. We're happy to be back. Season three, baby. Season three. Even though... This is all, like, deja vu for us right now, though. Yeah. it's. I'm excited to see what it's going to be like to record something that you know the story of. Uh, Yeah. It's, like, kind of cool. I don't think this... I hope this will never happen again.
1: So, we had a cocktail. Like I said, we didn't remake it. Um, we gave everybody a freebie for that one, so I'm just going to quick and run through it again. Pretend that you drank it again. You're
0: going to be like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh that's interesting.
1: Um, and then it, we decided to name it Soil Analysis, right? Yeah,
0: I forgot about that. That's a good name.
1: Yeah, it was a good one. Um, so it's chinarm, a little bit of lemon juice, and the elderberry uh, simple syrup that I made with honey. And then uh, an elderflower gin that I also have. Yeah,
0: that elderberry serves so good. I've been putting it in hot toddies. Yeah, dude, that sounds great. Yeah, it's a good time.
1: Um, but also, if you don't have elderflower gin, you could also probably just do like a little bit of elderflower and a little bit of gin.
0: Yeah, I feel like I feel like it'll get the point across. There's a lot of strong flavors in there that... I'm pretty sure that's everything that was in there. Yeah. I might be
1: missing something, but I don't think I am.
0: I don't know. I, I give the fact that that was a... Um, different cocktail to the fact that i gave virtually no description about yeah. <laughs> anything that was happening you said acorn <laughs> which was the thing but i again I, again i really should have just been like there's men in black involved so that you could have just made like a deep black drink I and it just, was like pretty fucking dark i would have just put sunglasses on the drink
1: yeah god i still want to do that yeah i mean we we can do it in our brains yeah um so it was a really earthy uh bitter cocktail with like I don't know if anybody's
0: out there has ever had chinar, but Which I thought was just Sinar until like two weeks ago.
1: I don't know, man. I could be saying it wrong too. I'm dumb.
0: You're the same but I two weeks ago someone else told me that's how it was pronounced. So I believe you. True. Alright. I mean
1: I've heard it, a bunch of people say it differently. Um yeah, it's just like earthy. It kinda tastes like you're licking the ground, but in a good way.
0: Yeah. I like dirt, so yeah. that's cool. And yeah, I don't know. <laughs>
1: My brain isn't turned on
0: yet. Well, now we know what we need to do for, like, our next, like, graveyard, anything. We can just make it taste like dirt again.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we did one for the <coughs> grave robbing one. Wait, no, we made dirt.
0: We made Yeah, we made dirt pudding. Yeah, alcoholic dirt. Should, oh, that's gummy delicious. worms were
1: so weird. Yeah, I hate booze-soaked gummy worms, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, that's a
0: pretty official stance. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, like, they serve a purpose, but...
0: Yeah, they're they're weird. It's the con- there's a consistency thing and it they're like squirting. I don't like it. Ew. Sorry. It like squelches. Squelch.
1: Um. <laughs> Ew. That's, that's like that reminded me of like a a jelly commercial.
0: Ew. I don't know why all of a sudden that made it gross. <laughs> My sibling used to eat those things all the time. Like like vodka soaked gummy bears. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, Ew. Yeah. I don't like. I don't like. But they also drank like Fort Loco and shit. So, like, <laughs> what are you going to do?
1: Man, I feel, like, so out of whack because we're doing it again. Well, we're do doing feel it, but out what of whack? it,
0: but what... Are, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm also out of whack because I think I got a little too stoned this morning while I was reading. Tight. And now I'm just like, okay, we're in the world of humans. <laughs> humans. Should we turn the light off? It's bright. I wouldn't mind that. All right. I live in a dark, dark world. I spend most of my day walking through the house turning off lights.
1: Yeah, I do that, too, because fucking Spaghetti Legs likes to leave on
0: every fucking light in the building. Dude, I came down from therapy the other day. i was upstairs for, like, an hour, and I come down, and I was like, literally every single light in the house is on, and I felt like my fucking mom. I was like, every light is on. Dude, I do that, too,
1: now. And I'm also like, turn the fucking heat down. What do you think we're made of, money? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, my heat is oil, biz, so. Dude, Gotta I- Gotta be made of money. yeah. Money. All right, well, I guess we should tell people what we're talking about. (laughs) I guess it's going to be in the title, but I'm talking about the Roswell of Pennsylvania, the Kecksburg UFO incident of 1965. Starting it off strong with season three with fucking aliens, dog. I realized it's like, it is sort of like our namesake a little bit, and we've never done an alien episode, and that is, that's probably weird to people, but we wanted to do it right. Like, we wanted to make sure we weren't just like going out on a limb, but we decided to just go for a case, because yeah, it's fucking fuck it. fun. And it happened on December 9th, which is coming up, so I thought it was pretty perfect. Yeah. Um, so yeah, December 9th, 1965, crash time, 4.45pm, Eastern Standard Time. Oh. Uh, there were fireball streaks that were seen across the northeastern portion of the continental United States and parts of Canada, accompanied by smoke and brilliant blue-white lights. bluish white lights. Fireball. Do you want to take a shot of fireballs? that we holding fuck the no, Fireball? but I still have it. Give so. it to me. You're going to do it? I'm going to sip it. So in, si- <laughs> in six different states, Indiana, New York... Oh, fuck, I have rum chata downstairs. We could have made c- Cinnamon Toast Crunch shots this whole time. I wouldn't have been mad about that, but I got my hams. All right, so uh <laughs> Indiana, New York, Michigan, Ohio, Virginia, Pennsylvania, and Ontario. Um... According to the Associated Press, flaming debris fell throughout parts of Ohio and Pennsylvania, igniting a slew of fires Pew. when sonic booms were reported over parts of Pennsylvania. Pew. That's what you think? That's your version of a sonic boom? It's like a little cute one. I'm too far away to hear it. Sounds like a baby boom. Um, witnesses claim that a brownish colored, acorn shaped object about the size of a Volkswagen bug.
1: It doesn't mean anything.
0: ...crashed into the woods near the western town of Kecksburg in Westmoreland County, about seven miles southeast of Greensburg, within the stolen land of the Monongahela. The fireball was said to have cruised at a relatively low speed and low altitudes. Mm. Many witnesses reported the object seemingly completing controlled turns and almost gliding around ridges. Some witnesses reported that it seemed to be like trying to gain altitude...
1: So I don't know if I I realized this last time, or maybe I'm mistaking, like, just a fireball, but is it on fire, and it's frantically trying to, like, figure itself out?
0: I, like, because it it does get compared to, like, a meteorite. Oh, okay. I sort of imagined it, like, encased in fire. Like, it looked like it was, like, it's, like, streaking. Yeah. But I don't think it was actually on fire until parts, like, were found in the crash, like... Someone does say they walk up on stuff on fire. Okay. And I think that's just the impact, I guess. Which, last time we
1: pointed out, and I would like to know if anybody for real has, because we fucking haven't, but when we were like, yo, it's like a meteor, like, you know, touching the atmosphere, and it looks all flamey. Have any of you ever seen that? Because I haven't. It's just, we all know what it looks like because of, like, media.
0: Yeah, I feel like i've seen them far away and i've been like that's the streak and you can kind of tell that it has that like i don't believe you sort of looks like it's wearing a jimmy but like like there's like a thing around it right but i've never seen anything like close enough to be like that's fire what's a jimmy a condom oh what yeah a little jimmy hat ew (laughs) like for your wheelie for your wiener where are you from? I don't know. It is an old thing to say. From your wheelie? Willie. Oh, I thought you said wheelie. Wiener.
1: I heard you say willie after that, but I thought you also said wheelie. And I was like, is (laughs) wheelie slang for a wiener? It should be. Yeah. Look at my wheelie.
0: (laughs) Hey. Hey, kids, look at my wheelie. (laughs) Check out my wheelie, (laughs) (laughs) motherfucker. Yeah. So speaking of wheelies. Cops and local fire units were dispatched to what they initially believed to be a downed airplane. Uh, State Police Fire Marshal Carl Metz, with a few other guys, entered the woods. I think there were three of them with a Geiger counter. And after 16 minutes, they ordered the area sealed off and military units were called in. Metz was, allow- was gonna allow one of the investigators we'll talk about in a bit to come with him, but he was like, he came back out and was like, no, you're not coming into that area. Later, witnesses claim a large object was removed from the area via military flatbed, and during the time the object was being removed from the crash site, there were supposed reported power outages throughout the town that was something that my friend nico told me that i didn't really see in any of the research but Uh he seemed pretty fucking sure of it he was like they shut down all the lights on the highways and throughout the town as the flatbed was like going through and i was like whoa
1: that's like very like military dystopian feeling
0: yeah and i wonder if it's from one of the movies but like if it did if these are like based off real reports of outages Mm -hmm. i would be like fuck man yeah. So the Pentagon did quickly insist that it was a meteorite, but continued to quarantine the area anyway. And on the next day, the Greensburg Tribune review proclaimed the object to be extraterrestrial in origin, a bona fide UFO.
1: Bona fide UFO. UAP.
0: Also, I was going to say, also, I do use UFO and UAP <laughs> interchangeably in this. Um, we all know we're supposed to call them UAPs now. But they wrote UFO a bunch, so I used it. You know, 65. They didn't know shit back then. Yeah. Mm -mm. Also,
1: I'm sorry if I give shit away because, like, I kind of know what's happening. So I'll just.
0: That's part of the things that I'm like, that might make this kind of interesting. So do it. (laughs) Fuck it. This isn't going to happen, hopefully, ever again. Fucking hopefully. Lean into it.
1: Also, if anybody has any user friendly, uh, easy, and cheap recording. Software advice, oh, yeah. fucking email us, area215pod at gmail.com.
0: It was not our fault that this shit got deleted, so we're mad and we need new software. Yeah, I'm peeved. Um, so the, oh, bonus if it's for PC and Mac.
1: Yeah, um, plus
0: for you. Yeah, then we'll, we'll give you like, I'll send you like a lot a kiss through, uh, oh.
1: yeah, we'll send you a kiss through the mail.
0: Into it. All right, so the army involvement, because that's interesting and fun, right? <coughs> We all love when the Army invades our towns. Yeah, just hanging out, looking at us weird. Living in Philly, I sort of just perpetually wait for it to happen again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sort of repeated history there. So uh, no one really knows how or why the military was tipped off, if they were. A couple of people claim they do, but there's no like official report of how or why. Uh, but the Air Force has continually, vehemently denied any involvement at all. Which is interesting that it's the only branch, but that's fine, especially since... They are the ones that pop up the most. Um, So, though witnesses' claims vary heavily, from high levels of military involvement to almost none, there are staggering reports of army involvement. Namely, that they were turning townsfolks away from the crash site and quickly enacting a type of martial law. Whoa. Yeah. I don't like it. Mm -mm. I mean, the military, like, has a boner for martial law, so... Yeah, they're it's like, like yeah, they're f- I it's like the favorite
1: it. words. Yeah, they said the word. <laughs> Everybody just automatically like
0: I don't know. I'm coming up in lie- their pants. I got new glasses and they're hurting my head. I'm taking them off. So. My
1: head's been hurting today anyway, so I feel you. We're head hurtins.
0: Yeah, I need to like increase the size of this font now, but okay. So Major Hector Quintinella Quintinella Quintinella. I don't, I don't know. Um, He was in charge of the Air Force's Office of UFOs at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio. He stated that a task force was quickly uh, dispatched from Pittsburgh to be followed by the Army and NASA, which, why calling it NASA there, guys? Big Daddy NASA. Big Daddy NASA. Coming in hot. I want a shirt that says, like, Big Daddy NASA, and it's just, like, a buff Lance, or not Neil Armstrong, not Lance. (laughs) (laughs) Just, like, shirtless, bandana on, ripped. I also just pictured, like, a really buff cartoon version of the Earth. That's cuter. We could <laughs> probably market that to more people.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, we could have, like, uh, Neil Armstrong and uh, the Earth fighting.
0: Box and match. That'd be cool. Do yeah. the fucking, like... big. Who's Big Daddy NASA? We'll the do, Earth? Oh, It's gotta be, like, a fucking boxing shirt that they use for, like, promos where their faces are almost touching and their lips are, like, just, like... Where they're about to kiss. Yeah, (laughs) that's what I want. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. uh, The Federal Aviation spokesman at the time quickly reported the object to be a meteorite, but other official reports initially claimed nothing was found. Uh, The city edition of the Tribune Review published these non-findings, and despite supposed accounts from at least 50 eyewitnesses, uh, the Air Force and State Police reported that all that had been carried away from the site was search and testing equipment. Uh. <laughs> they had like 50 Geiger counters just on this flatbed truck, and they're like, cover it with a tarp! Do it! <laughs> um, so after a bit of time, they realized they couldn't totally deny the existence of the UAP, so they claimed that they, what was uncovered was just the Russians. You know, the crash was during the Cold War and the Space Race, so it makes sense. But they were literally just like, oh, you don't believe that it was nothing? And it's the Russians. It's the
1: fucking Russians, dude. Cold War.
0: Yeah. Um, but then uh, uh, men in black style officials started turning up to homes of Kecksburg residents warning them to keep quiet about what they had said. It was people who gave statements that were being visited. Mm-hmm. And then in the coming days, many many of those folks retracted initial statements in which they claimed the UAP seemed extraterrestrial for something more approachable like a satellite or a meteorite theory. Hate it.
1: Yeah, it's like, just like gaslighting people and to be like,
0: you didn't see anything. An entire town, yeah. too. It's well, like, I understand that this is like small town, not hard to get to, to everybody, but like, it's still fucking wild that they were like, stop talking. But there's still something to be said
1: about the fact that like, the entire town has very similar stories to each other. So like, something happened.
0: Yeah. And like, I, I was, People get discredited in the. Discredited in. <laughs> okay. Breathe. <sighs> Breathe. Discredited in this story for some, like, actually bullshit reasons. And, like, we see it a lot with yeah. a lot of UAP sightings or, or submarine sightings and stuff like that. Like,. They're just like, oh, you're a crook, so we don't believe you anymore. And it's like, dude, what? You I am 2020. Use- you're not even going to, like, <laughs> what? You use drugs. <laughs> it's just can't believe him. Yeah, you must have been high as balls at the time. It's like, dude, I smoke weed. They're like, nah, you were probably on meth. And yeah. You're like, what are you talking about? And even if you were on meth, like. speedballing. If the entire town sees it and you're on meth and see it, I would believe. Like, it doesn't discredit the whole story in my brain. I don't know, man. Big daddy oh. government coming at us. Yeah, and they came at a couple good people too. Yeah, fuck so it. they came at this guy Stan Gordon, and then they came at this other guy John Murphy. We should John talk Murphy. about them. So Stan Gordon was Greenberg's UFO investigator who studied the crash since day zero. He's actually expanded upon this to other unexplained phenomena like Bigfoot. Like his site was like Bigfoot and Caxberg, which I find so fun. Um, As a teenager, he heard reports of the crash on the radio, because that was the big thing at the time. Mm. Like, it came over the... What do they call radios? The talkie-talkies. I don't know what the fuck they called them. What year is it? 65.
1: 19?
0: Yeah, they probably called... Yeah, I know they probably called them radios, but I'm (laughs) sure... I'm talking about like the equivalent to like the tube.
1: Pretty sure they had TV in the 1960s, 1960, probably. But this guy was still listening
0: to the radio. Probably because well, like, a lot of
1: people still listen to the radio. Hold on, TVs wait. were
0: expensive. How much? I'm gonna. How much TVs in 1965, Pennsylvania? But-
1: <laughs> <laughs> Make it real specific. Yeah, they're like four hundred dollars. Yeah, like a lot. That's a lot of money. That's like a couple thousand now.
0: <laughs>
1: I mean, TVs are like four hundred now
0: nothing yeah, changed. Yeah, but with inflation, they're free. Like, <laughs> it's like the, That's like two trips to the grocery store for, like, one guy. Yeah, I mean, people are still listening right, so to the radio. actively listening to the radio. I mean, like, it, was, it was a thing. There I know. People actively listen to the radio
1: for fun times. I know, but it's not like... Like uh, a Christmas story where he's like drink more Ovaltine, listening to the fucking the radio, like
0: oh, where they have like the cowboys and fucking yeah, shit, like it's just like
1: the shows were on the radio where everybody sat what, down and yeah, like game I don't Boy know what movies. this is. You're <laughs> playing a Game Boy version of a 1950s game where I'm just
0: sitting and listening to the radio. Yeah. Right, whatever. I don't care. He's. I'm pretending his family didn't own a TV. If they did, they probably didn't. Was (laughs) eagerly listening to reports on the radio, and he's like, "Oh my god, this UFO! Holy shit, it's so crazy! This is fireball crashing into town.
1: Fireball, maybe."
0: (laughs) Um. So this teenager, inspired by the radio, went on to publish a 92-minute documentary titled "Kecksburg: The Untold Story." He used this documentary as a way to record key witness accounts quickly and effectively. This is actually where we get most of our accounts from. The documentary was also used as a way to petition Congress to investigate the possible cover-up. He straight up has viewers to petition members of Congress to schedule hearings and collect to- testimonies of local witnesses. Um, since many of the witnesses have fallen ill or died since, this documentary is crucial and highly regarded. Like, it's- in the entire UAP community, not just, like in this case
1: yeah that's a very i know what i saw
0: type of (laughs) documentary too yeah man and it does seem like there's a lot of those types of folks who are just like eager and so ready to tell this i mean i'm ready to tell this story and i wasn't (laughs) even involved in it i've been yelling about it for at this point three weeks (laughs) yeah (laughs) whoops no but it's been i don't know it's fun i like this story um there is a fun but questionable side note um To this documentary, there is an interviewee who claims to have seen what he described as dead lizard-skinned creatures. Cool. Partially covered by a sheet inside the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, but there were no other reports of creatures, so there's virtually no credit given to this account. But I like it, and it's fun. I'm pretty sure they do just go like, that guy was probably a little drunk or something. Yeah, I
1: mean, I also just like the idea of lizard-skinned. Yeah. I mean... (laughs) Like... Is it, like, big lizard skin? Is it, like, a, a regular size lizard skin? I just imagined it like a guy, like a lizard guy. Like but, very like, but is it, like, lizard skin person, or is it, like, lizard skin meat suit?
0: I like, hate, like I, mean, I hate that distinction, because like, I don't understand it, but... You
1: know what I mean! <laughs> like, like, if I were to shave all of my skin off and mm-hmm. hang it up on a hanger... And let that dry out? And, well, not even let it dry out, but, like, let's say I had lizard skin and I shaved it off and hung it up. Like, I feel like there's a difference between that person... Oh, and then someone else came by and put on your skin suit? Yeah, it's like, uh, that person has lizard skin versus I just saw skin of a lizard. Maybe that's how it should be.
0: But are you thinking, like, like skin shedded skin self. of a lizard or, like, completely removed? Like, skinned Comple- Yeah, completely removed. I don't like any of these images <laughs> I have in my head. They're cool. Skin of a lizard is our new band name. Yeah, just like... I, well, I'm just Dad like rock. imagining a fucking lizard skin suit hanging like Bernice Warden in Gein's house. Just yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. on a hanger, ready to, ready to slip into. See, now you're in my head. <laughs> Let me slip into something a little more comfortable. <laughs> 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 oh, Lidget boy. Skin. All right, so lizard people. We'll talk about them some other time. (laughs) But the only conclusion that Stan Gordon really ever definitively came to was that something was definitely, something definitely landed in Kecksburg at 4.45 on December 9th, 1965. Damn. Um, He has entertained the idea that it may have been American or Soviet made crafts, but he continually provides reasons why these possibilities cannot be a definitive conclusion. So he's like, I'll entertain that, but I do not believe you.
1: Yeah. (coughs) Jesus. Which we talked about last time that I guess, like, if it, it, wait, what was it? Like, if it is something from the Russians, we give it back to them?
0: Yeah, like, international law dictates that you have to give back any craft pieces or whatever. And it seems like... It was, like, anything intended for space, but I think it's, like, any tech. Yeah. If it falls in your territory, you have to give it back to whoever made it. Um, Why did you just say that? I don't remember. Oh, because they would have given it back. Yeah, like... Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, John but... John Murphy is so, like, removed remember- from... Or not John Murphy. Stan Gordon is so removed from, like, government sectors that I think he's just, like... I don't know. I think he's just more excited that it's probably a UAP over anything else. And he's like, any evidence that he can find to be like, no, it's not a craft that's Mm man-made, he will like use. Yeah. But he's not going to be so much of a dickhead to be like, there's no fucking way. He's just excited and leans one way. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm acting like I know Stan Gordon. I don't fucking know. Yeah, this man, guy. we're
1: we're buds. Dude. Wrote, <sighs> It'd be cool me. if we
0: were buds. I actually don't know what's going on with him. We should I should have like tried to figure out what his life is in the oh, last wait, little bit. Didn't you go on the website? Yeah, but it was dumb. Like he ha- he did have a domain name stangordon.com, G- Stan that was mentioned in a couple articles. When you go on to it, it looks like this cool there's nothing you know, there's there. like nothing stan it gordon looks like lo- yeah so the domain is available but i i don't know i probably should have looked up what happened to Stan gordon but i like him and i hope he sticks around and he does great work and then he's not weird and, and st- stan gordon if you listen to stuff about the kexberg files and the ufo incident and stuff you come upon us we should hang. Yeah, man. Let's go get some drinkies. Yeah. We drinkies. can even do it like virtually because the world's weird now and I don't feel like traveling to you. Uh... No,
1: nah, you come to me, dude. Unless would... you're
0: still in Caxburg. I would go to Caxburg. Yeah, maybe. Especially since I lean into it now. <laughs>
1: we need to go do that like weird tour of all of around that way anyway.
0: Yeah. Do you want one of these? No, I don't know if I am. My head's right. been hurting. Mine too. I'm gonna keep drinking hams though. Maybe that'll help.
1: Dude, hams is not the thing to do when you got a headache. I fucking love hams. <laughs> fucking Why don't you pour some, some fireball in it making some spicy hams? I'm sure that's gross. <laughs> <It> <laughs> probably
0: is. <laughs> um, but yeah, my other favorite guy in this is this guy, John Murphy. Um, So he was the news director of the Greensburg radio station. WHJB.
1: WHJB with John Murphy.
0: (laughs) Hey, coming at you in the morning. Coming at you in the
1: morning. Pew, pew. Uh, The alien freak. (laughs) One and only. Um, when I, never That's mind. more like a like a big top announcer. I'm
0: getting it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It works. Pretend that was a radio voice. Yeah. Um, so one of the first people on the scene. Uh, he was one of the first people on the scene. And I, I think it might have been because he was friends with the fire marshal at the time. Oh, but initially, my yeah, he's
1: the fire marshal. <laughs> he
0: owns a yacht. No, he doesn't. <laughs> We're inland, bitch. Um, so in- initially he called the police, uh, after floods of calls to his radio station, which started with this woman, Frances Kalp. Kalp explained that her children had seen something strange fall from the sky and that they traced the objects, the objects to the landing site, which is like a half a mile from where they ended up being. It was like a mile from their home. They traveled a half mile. It was a half mile further. Mm. Um, so Murphy went to the site of the alleged crash and interviewed Kalp and her children, while there, he also questioned Carl Metz and Paul Shipko, who were both leaders of, the sh- leaders of the search, but they skirted all his questions and stated the military was on their way to handle it. Murphy is believed by his wife, as well as others, to have had photographic evidence from this night taken before any cops showed up. Um, he was there before any of the authorities, so it was really on his scene. I don't know what I meant by that. He was there before all the cops and he took a bunch of pictures and his wife's like, yeah, he had pictures. <laughs> and then some weird shit happens to the pictures later. So after receiving no official information at the scene, he phoned Carl Ducey of the state police headquarters. He just loves calling cops. So <laughs> on, on this call, Murphy was invited to attend a briefing held by the 662nd Radar Squadron of the Oakdale Army Support Facility. Uh, this is where Pennsylvania uh, PA State Police... Officials claimed to have found absolutely nothing in the woods in front of military personnel from the Army and the Air Force, but the woods still remained off-limits and under quarantine. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time the briefing was over, the entire town was guarded, and in the 1980s copy of the Air Force Project blueback by- Blue Book files, a handwritten memo stated that a, quote, three-man team that was sent from Oakdale, Pennsylvania, to investigate and pick up an object that started a fire. The file stated that the members of the 662nd Radar Squadron searched until 2 a.m. and found nothing on the word of the officer, James Cashman. Damn. and <sighs> I mean... And, like, I mean, I said it last time, I was going through all my, like, UFO accounts and books and stuff, like, and I'm sure there's something in my Hynek book, like, Jay Allen Hynek was one of the primary researchers and uh, liaisons for Project Blue Book, and he has written a book on, reflect, uh, like, a reflection mm. on it, on the project itself, and he sort of questions the... Official statements from the government in the book, and Kexberg. like, if it's in there, I didn't find it, yeah, which is weird because he really does go into like some cases that are like seemingly nothing, yeah. But then Kexberg, I couldn't find it, I'm sure it's in there, but I just,
1: yeah, it, like, it wasn't in quick. my skin. Um, yeah, uh, I, I don't know, maybe we'll like do a whole like thing about that book at one point, then.
0: Yeah, I mean, I want to talk about some of his, like, ideas about what an outcome could be or what some of these incidents, especially during, like, big flaps. Like, 65 was during a large UFO flap. Mm. Um, but during those flaps, like, even just the hysteria behind it and all that shit, like, I think it's cool. We should talk about it. Hell yeah. Um But yeah, so this guy Murphy continued to keep his nose in the case regardless of what he had heard this night. He began a radio documentary called The Object in the Woods.
1: The Object in the Woods.
0: Uh, He continued to interview a whole bunch more town folk and put it in this radio documentary. He claimed to have received an unexpected visit from authorities in plain clothes. During this visit, all of his tapes were confiscated, including the alleged photos.
1: Yeah, and they all had no lips. Or like what was it? <laughs> no, it's
0: like they have no lips, but they
1: like but they, they draw use them lipstick on.
0: anyway. Yeah. Like, uh, la, la, la. yeah. <laughs> um, a week after this, he became uncharacteristically depressed, and he eventually aired a censored version of the documentary. Damn. Four years after the incident, Murphy was killed in a bizarre hit and run accident in California while on vacation with his family.
1: That's fucked up. Yeah, he's and, just like, hanging out on vacay.
0: Well, and I'm not gonna like go into this guy's very sad death, um, but like everyone was just like, yeah, it was weird. It was a, it was a weird accident. Like, Seems sketch. Pretty shady. Pretty shady. Damn.
1: You know, yeah. it's it's funny that like when it's like, oh, this is literally nothing, but then it's like, well, why is everybody here
0: then? Right. Why Why are you still here?
1: Yeah, like, why are you... Also, why are you stealing things from other people? Like, if it's really nothing, like, who cares if people are going around being like, it was a UFO. Like, sure, who cares?
0: Right, and some of the theories later, I'm like, wouldn't... If those theories were true, wouldn't they have done that? Yeah. Like, been like... It's cool. Just keep talking about UFOs. Like, yeah, it's
1: like I don't really care. It was a it was a fucking rock. But if you want to call it a UFO, fine. That's fine. You look dumb. Like, yeah, idiot. But <laughs> like, but the fact that it's like it wasn't a UFO. Yeah. Tell me again.
0: It you're, wasn't you're
1: scaring me. Like, but it's like that's what they're doing. And yeah, it's like, it's like
0: big intimidation shit. Yeah,
1: it's like who cares? Like let them fucking do it. I'm, right. What does it hurt? If it, it wasn't, if it real. was
0: just a meteor, what does it hurt? Corny. Um. So yeah, I'm sure the Kalp family asked that question. Um. So they were the Rip. first real reporters. Um. Ugh. Again, the mom's name was Frances Kalp. She called the radio station WHJB hey. in Greensburg at 6:30 p.m. on December 9th, 1965. Again, the crash supposedly happened was at an hour and 50, forty five at four forty five <laughs> so from four forty five to six thirty they her and like her kids, I guess are like dealing with this before she calls the radio station. So her son, who was seven years old and his sister were playing outside no age. She gets no age. He's seven <laughs> she's ageless. <laughs> um, they were playing outside when they saw something that looked like a star on fire. Francis described a column of blue smoke rising from the trees from the woods about a mile away from their house. This is where the object landed. She also reported a brilliant object hanging above the tree line resembling a four-pointed star. Cool. Yeah. I would have probably fainted. Yeah. Like, I would have been like, whoa, pretty, and then just, like, died. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Uh um, forgot to breathe. But I don't know. Kalp seems like kind of badass. She's like, come on, kids. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. We're going to walk a half a mile. I don't know if they walked. They may have gotten in a car. But I imagine them, like, trudging a half mile. Like, we got to figure it out. I feel like
1: that's, like, really similar. So they're slightly similar to, like, the Flatwoods Monster thing, too, where it was, like, a whole-ass family, like, went up to be like, what the fuck is this thing?
0: Yeah. They were just like, well, let's go die. Yeah. No, it's kind of wild. it happens, like... Often, yeah, especially in these like, no offense, but like no name places, small towns. It's just like nobody goes. We're to flat- bored. Let's go. Yeah, like also like not for nothing. Nobody
1: really goes to Flatwoods unless like
0: just for funsies. I actually have a story about the Flatwoods monster that I have to tell you later. It's All about right. Dracula. I'm really mad about it. Fucking, I'm telling everybody. So Dracula, it's what that like horror drag competition oh, yeah. that I really like. um One person dresses as the flatwoods monster for, like, a classic Halloween look Mm -hmm. and, like, They looked really good. Like, it was a very high fashion version of the Flatwoods Monster, and nobody understood what they were doing, and the judges were like, what are you? And they go, I'm like an alien. And I was like, why wouldn't you just say you're the Flatwoods Monster? Yeah. It's okay if you think, if you've known about that forever, and you're like, this is a Halloween thing to me. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, stand by it. Yeah, like, why are you backing up and being like, it's an alien? Like, they looked like the fucking Flatwoods Monster, but, like, high fashion.
1: Yeah, because then at that point, you can make everybody else look stupid. Stupid for not knowing they they don't the don't know what the fucking And it's like, oh, we're here on a horror thing. Like, what? You don't know about the Flatwoods, baby? Because in
0: all honesty, that's how I felt. I was like, how do these motherfuckers not know who this is? Like, excuse yeah. me? Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, you know who else, who else would probably get mad about that? <laughs> or actually, they wouldn't know what it is. Um. <laughs> this guy, Bill Bullbush. I think I said his name wrong because that's funnier than I feel. Like when I'm saying it, it feels funnier than anything I've said before. Bullbush. Like,
1: they might know the Flatwoods Monster. I think the Flatwoods Monster was before 1965. Maybe, but this guy probably <laughs> would be like
0: in his own world. True. Actually, he was the guy who led Stan Gordon to the crash site. So maybe he was highly interested in stuff yeah. like this. Um, He claimed that he saw an object turn around in the sky as though it was controlled before crashing into the woods. He then pursued the object in his car, and eventually he found a 10-foot-long acorn-shaped object in the woods. I do want to note that, like, a lot of these um, diameters are super inconsistent, but it makes sense. Perspective. A lot. I I can't tell, you know, length. I suck at that.
1: Also, like, hence the the acorn. Like... (laughs) I feel like we haven't had anybody, like, you didn't bring it up yet about anybody describing this thing as an acorn, and I'm sure well, the listeners the whole time have been like, why did they say acorn?
0: Yeah, well, I did say it at the beginning, but, yeah, but I you- will say, <laughs> Kalp didn't get too close. He's like, ah, oh, no, fuck that. yeah. I'm not Bull getting Bush is the first person that we've really come across that, like, sort Licked of, it. that solved it, except the army. Put his well, mouth on it. We'll discuss those fuckers later. Yeah, so he we went up to it, he, he licked it, he caressed it a little bit. Just Touched can't. the nipple head. I,
1: I mean, like, acorn nipple
0: heads. with never mind. I read a weird article today, and now I feel weird about that sentence for Sorry. strange reasons that I can't talk about. <laughs> um, so, so Bulbush was actually wary to go up to the object because it was still, like, smoldering and glowing. Like, it had just crashed. It was all on fire and shit. If you lick it, it's not
1: that hot. That's what he said to him.
0: Well, he I'm sure he was about to lick it, but then he heard other people coming up and he ran away. Mm, I'm scared. Yeah. And because he ran away, that became his basis for discreditation. People were like, why didn't you go up to it more? Well, because what if it was... You didn't see it. What if it was a bunch
1: of fucking like weird aliens that was just about to be like...
0: Also, if we're all worried about maybe the fact that it's like some nuke shit or some atomic shit. Yeah, he could have just gotten shot. Like, yeah, like, you shouldn't touch anything that comes out of the sky like that. It's either hot or radioactive, right? Like,
1: well, no, I mean, and also running away, because, like, let's say it is, like, some sort of, like, deep, like, you know, conspiracy, like, governmental thing.
0: Yeah, you don't want to see that? Get the fuck out of there. Well,
1: yeah, because they would have just shot you. Right. And you would have been, you know...
0: Um, and, at, and at that point, plausible deniability. I didn't... I don't know. I, I, I saw just this. Yeah. I, I didn't go any further than that. Yeah, I saw it, but it was a blur. Like... Yeah, corny. Anybody who's discrediting
1: him because he fucking went somewhere else is...
0: Yeah, I'd fucking run away too, dude, you know? Yeah. Um. So then there was this guy, James Romanski. He was one of the first to see the objects, and he also led Stan Gordon to the crash site, but from a different entrance than Bull Bush. Um, Gordon, though, was able to confirm it was the same site based on a specific tree. Like, mm-hmm. he was like, this has to be the same place. This is the one. Yeah, so, Romansky was a volunteer firefighter who was dispatched to a possible airplane crash site, and he found a bronze-colored object shaped like an acorn some 12 feet long and 12 feet in diameter with a slightly raised blunt edge and strange markings. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He said there was some sort of bumper on the crash, like a ribbon six to ten inches wide. Um, and it stood out like an acorn cap. Mm. And But it would be like the acorn cap instead of those cool little, like, hatch marks it has. It's just weird alien language. Yeah. <laughs> um. So look at your acorns more closely, kids. Yeah, it could have alien language on it. Yeah, man. Um. So he then claims he was ordered by mysterious men in trench coats to leave the area. He states that he witnessed the military carry the object away from the flatbed truck, away on a flatbed truck, which was corroborated by other witnesses who watched as the Army, Air Force, and NASA invaded their town. He was one of the first witnesses to take Gordon to the trip crash site. I already said that. I did that last time we recorded, (laughs) too. Um, And his criminal record was his basis for discreditation. I didn't go into it. I don't really give a shit what happened to him. I think it's bullshit that because he has a fucking past of being involved with the cops like
1: yeah it's just like instant that they're
0: like you can't like come on yeah corny yeah like it could have been petty theft murder or something wild and I still like would be like yeah I believe this guy saw this thing he clearly he believes that it's real yeah but I don't know I also believe that anything people truly believe in, I'm like yeah that's real to you good for you buddy like (laughs) (laughs) Um, there was also a guy Dan Howard who claimed he felt vibrations and a thump around the time of the objects falling Um, And then there were these three guys, uh, James Mays, Melvin Reese, and Bob Bittner. Bob Bittner. Yeah, Bob Bittner. His name's Robert, but I like saying Bob Bittner.
1: Yeah. BBs.
0: BBs. Uh, So that was the fire chief and his friends. He reported their team had come within 60 meters of the object, and then it stood about six feet high, six feet wide, and some 15 feet long, and it was clearly not an aircraft. (laughs) Um, Bittner claimed that that he saw a small convoy of military trucks going into a ravine and later coming out but he was refused permission into the woods even though the firefighters were the ones that were called to the site <laughs> first You're not allowed to put the
1: fire out don't do your job
0: We have jurisdiction
1: <laughs> Yeah we're it's roasting it's marshmallows contest
0: like I got here first yeah well I'm from the bigger place Yeah Yeah so then this other guy Randy Overly He told Gordon that the object passed about 200 feet over his head and stayed level, maintaining the same altitude the entire time, but moving quickly. He claimed it was acorn-shaped and brownish, and it made a hissing sound as it spewed green fire from its rear, which green, blue, different distances. It's It's the same color, like side of the color wheel or whatever, like, you know, family, blue and green are both cool colors. I can understand seeing green as blue and blue as green. Also, we know that eyes do that to us a lot. Yeah. We're like, your eyes don't see... Whatever. Whatever. So, whatever. He saw green shit, and it was flying, and I was like, whoa. Um, then there was a guy, Mike Slater, who claims he saw the object in transport. He said, not only did we see the flatbed going up there empty, we saw the flatbed coming down loaded. Additionally, claims that the army officials asked him to provide false directions to people looking for the crash site and that army officials were pointing guns at civilians who were too close to the barricade. Ew. Hate it. Gross. Hate it. Rude. And then they walk away and they're like, we found nothing. Like, (laughs) like, what?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I, I would understand being like, hey, guys, like we're trying to, like, figure this
0: out. Like, can you not, like, come up in here real quick? Right, but they're just like, Get
1: out of here! Yeah, get away from me!
0: Um. So, James Betters was another guy who claimed to have been ordered at gunpoint to leave the area when he caught a glimpse of the object in the flatbed truck. He said it was not fully covered, and that he saw hieroglyphic stuff on the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Rombacher was the United States Air Force officer at Lockbourne Air Force Base near Columbus, Ohio. He claims that on December 10th, the day after, uh, a large flatbed truck arrived at the base hauling a conical object covered in a tarp. He was ordered to shoot anybody who got too close to it, and he was told that the truck would be moving to the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Uh, He knew that this base was uh, the reputed home of other crash saucers. Cool. Yeah, which, like, whoa. We should look more into the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. I don't fucking trust him. No, dude. Maybe now they're boring, but, like, but back then, I didn't trust him been. in '65, and yeah. I won't trust him in 2020. My conscience, too. didn't Trust them.
1: Your consciousness, yeah, because I wasn't existing then. But I'm sure. Oh uh, yeah, I but might you were. All,
0: they, my grandma always says this gross thing where she's like, "You aren't inside me because like your eggs are inside uh. you when you're born." And my mom. No, dude. <laughs> I hate it, man. Essence, we could take that part out, but we're probably. <laughs> won't. Um, so he never he claimed to have never personally saw what was under the tarp, which was his basis for discreditation. He just was like, I saw a little bit of the weird shit. Um, then there was an anonymous witness at Longhorn Air Force Base who said two days after the truck arrived, a building contractor was asked to take a load of six thousand five hundred bricks to a hangar inside the Wright Patterson Air Force Base. He claimed to have stuck a peek at what was inside the hangar, and he maintains that he saw a bell shaped device some twelve feet high. And several men wearing white anti-radiation suits. Whoa. Yeah. Beep, 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 beep. Like, that's a sci-fi movie right there. Like, you're just like, I work at this Air Force base. I'm just like an Air Force guy. And then you're like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Is that E.T.? Like, what's happening? (laughs) Yeah. Did you ever
1: see that meme that was like... If me and my friends found E.T., we would have hit him with hammers.
0: Seriously, dude. (laughs) Like, I would have been like, get out of here. And I love E.T. now, but, like, he scared the shit out of me as a kid. And if I was, like, whatever, however old Drew Barrymore was, I would have thrown some shit at it and been like, get out of here. I just, like, love the E.T. being like, eh, friend. And then, like, ugh. (laughs) Dude, it's that... Fucking episode of Pretty Face where they get the alien in hell, and then they beat the shit out of it. And Henry's like, "No, this is my friend Yili," yeah. and everyone's like, "Fuck this alien! He's in hell." It's all right, no, whatever. One person's gonna understand that, <laughs> <laughs> and that's for you. <laughs> um, so this incident, the Kecksburg incident, remained relatively unscure, obscure outside of Kecksburg until September nineteenth, nineteen ninety. What happened then, Buffy? Oh, well... (laughs) What happened then, Muffy? Oh, well, that was when the season opener for Unsolved Mysteries and then a subsequent UFO advocacy initiative on the Sci-Fi Channel began. Hell yeah. Yeah. I, just, I did it again, though.
1: Where again, I tried to think of the unsolved mysteries theme in my head, and it immediately went to the X Files again.
0: And then when you said it last time, now all I can think of is like, uh, like I don't the even Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah, like you say X Files, I go Twilight Zone. <laughs> like... Um. So in the episode of Unsolved Mysteries that was the season opener, two local men claim they stumbled upon a crash site in Kecksburg area at and saw a downed, acorn-shaped object the size of a Volkswagen bug sporting symbols of unknown origin. During the initial filming of the expert episode... Expert. A source claimed eyewitness accounts of bodies were recovered, but whoever it was quickly retracted the statement. The interest, the most interesting part of this, though, is that prior to airing, more than 50 residents of Kecksburg sent petitions to Unsolved Mysteries to forestall the broadcasting of the episode, including the... Fire Chief in 1965, Ed Myers, as well as Valerie and Jerome Miller, who the show wrongly claimed housed part of the military and that their home was part of a military command post during UFO recovery. Wait, why did they petition to stop it? Because they were like, that didn't happen. Oh. They were like, the military did not use our house as a command base. Oh, just that part? And then a whole bunch of other residents were like, please do not air this episode. Damn. Yeah up to what was it 50 yeah they got 50 petitions that were like please stop do not put this episode out
1: well and they were like fuck you town
0: honestly big old fuck you
1: <laughs> would you like a bunch They're of people? like you're
0: 50 guys we have 75 viewers we'll get at least 25 views like <laughs> yeah
1: and then it's like you know one of those would you like a bunch of people to come to your town and look for ufos
0: No. Well, they're doing it anyway. Maybe one day a year I'll accept because I do think that the guy that we talk about later might be right about some of this. True. (laughs) Um, But then in 1991, the Pittsburgh Press published an article based on various witness accounts included in Gordon's documentary as the first real acknowledgments of the event. um, so in the Pittsburgh Press they published the object was twelve feet long and six to seven feet in diameter and shaped like an acorn. It had a ring around the base just like an acorn that bore what Romansky described as backwards letters, like backwards J's or K's. Some of the some have described the lettering as resembling Egyptian hieroglyphics, lines, stars, circles, and shapes, and the craft had no doors or windows. The metal was seamless with a dent and bearing no rivets or welds. So the no rivets or seams would mean that it would be one solid piece of metal, as it's created in a mold, and like no other craft note at the time, as far as I know, still nothing like that has ever been created.
1: Uh, something I wanted to go back to that we had brought up the last time we did this was the the writing that was on it. Who was it when they kept saying that this could potentially be like a Russian aircraft? And oh, they the like, guy was
0: like, "No, I know Cyrillic. So I think yeah. it was." I think Romansky was the one that was like no I know Cyrillic like that's not Cyrillic and there were like other people that were like no like we've seen Russian propaganda we know what the fuck like how the Soviets write like we know what's going on here is not Russian at least in the the like weird markings that they found they were like no this is not Russian yeah um, I'm sure there were a bunch of people that didn't, couldn't verify that and were like, well, it's crazy and said something like, oh, it looks Russian or, oh, it looks like hieroglyphs. But yeah, the, yeah, there was at least one guy who was like, no, I bring it up at some point.
1: Uh, I thought, we, I think we did it last time. That's or like before.
0: That's yeah. Right. And I think I remembered his name. So I said it, but I think he comes up later that he's like, no. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a whole bunch of conflicting hypothesis, hypotheses and statements about which add to confusion and debunking has just continued basically to this day. Um, so there was, in fact, a meteor that was seen in that area, the U.S.-Canadian uh, border, on that night. But debunker Robert Schaefer maintains that the crashing UFO, oh wait, not but, but this guy maintains that the crashing UFO matches the Great Lakes Fireball of December 9th, 1965. Mm-hmm. His claims were based off a study published by the astronomer von Dell Chamberlain and David J Krauss in the Journal of Royal Astronomical Society of Canada, August 1967. So look it up. Uh, von Dell Chamberlain also went on to publish a second paper about the Great Lakes Fireball. <coughs> Meteor leaning debunkings, though attempt, uh, attempts were reported by Sky and Telescope magazine as well on February in February of 1966. They identified the object as a fireball known as a bolide, Whoa. B-O-L-I-D-E, I don't know how to say it, which is a meteoric flash or flare created when a meteorite explodes or vaporizes as it passes through the Earth's atmosphere, which I think is like what I was trying to explain before, where it's like...
1: No, I, I know what you mean.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, I just did not know how to explain it, yeah. so I said weird thing instead of what it was. These imagined happenings arose from the impossibility of estimating the distance of an object in the sky. Almost everyone who saw the fireball thought it was much closer than it really was. But trajectory analysis of the fireball concluded that it would be impossible for the fireball to land in Kecksburg. So they were like, no, y'all imagined it. It was way further away. Mm -hmm. It couldn't have landed in Kecksburg. There's no fucking way that this whole town saw this. They basically were gaslighting an entire town, yeah. and then eventually the entire study was discredited because there was an analysis error. So they're kind of just in here just fucking shit up.
1: Yeah, the time difference is like wild. Like, between,
0: yeah, the time it's like fucking 14, 14 hours, right? Yeah, yeah, fucking ridiculous. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Um. So the soil analysis. The soil analysis is pretty cool. I didn't ever think about how it like how a meteorite would land or how like an, uh, a craft would land and like how it would mark stuff beyond there are markings or there aren't markings that match up with what mm. you're saying. but the soil analysis showed damage to the soil at the time of the crash, but meteorologists agree that the damage did not indicate the crash landing of a meteor supposedly the size of a Volkswagen bug. If there were a meteor, it would have crashed and tunneled into the ground, and there would have been an initial impact site of four to ten times the diameter of the initially reported object.
1: Damn.
0: Uh, But the damage to the soil was minimal, and it was not nearly large enough to suggest anything of that size crashing. Yeah. Which, like, it's one of those, like, oh, yeah, I knew that. Like, when you drop a thing, it creates a bigger, like, I guess, spray. Yeah. Impact site, but... I was just like, oh shit, meteorologist fucking coming through, being like, nah, dude, that's not what it is. <laughs> nah,
1: that's would be bigger marks. <laughs>
0: like, I don't know. we are a little sleepy. Yeah. Um uh, But then of course there's the ever-popular. It was the Nazis and they are time traveling. And yeah. I know you got excited about this last episode, so I'm sorry. No, I'm I just again. was like,
1: I don't understand what that means. I don't know, like, like... there's
0: a lot of uh craft like, sightings that they're just, like, the same way we're like, oh, it's the Russians. They're like, oh, it's time-traveling Nazis for some reason.
1: Whatever. There's
0: a whole sector of conspiracy theory that has to do with time-traveling Nazis. (laughs) And, like, the Nazis connection to extraterrestrial beings and shit. Like, there's a whole bunch of other people that talk about this shit, and I'm not gonna talk about it, because there's an... It's the Russians that really interest me in this one, like, the Russian theory. Yeah. Um, but... I don't know. There's thoughts about whether or not it's Nazis. So you can find those if you want. But again, my favorite is I just spit. <laughs> the Soviet theory. So in that 1991 Pittsburgh Press article, they looked into whether it could have been the Soviet Venus probe Cosmos 96, which is so close to a funny number. Like you just. <laughs> yeah, just change it. And it's Cosmos with a K if you want to look it up. Lame. <laughs> Um, so this probe was an acorn-shaped probe that was supposedly had the ability to maneuver and land on Venus. It was equipped with heat shields that would have allowed the crash, the craft to survive a crash landing through the Earth's atmosphere after a failed launch towards Venus. This technology, the heat shield technology, was of high interest to the US military at the time. Keep that in mind. Um, one of the issues was that the U.S. Space Command reported that Cosmos 96 crash-landed in Canada shortly after 3 a.m. And that was... And the incident happened, what, 12 and a half hours later. Mm. Um, This... I literally... That was my next line. All right, next part. (laughs) Furthermore, eyewitnesses, eyewitnesses, including Romansky, insist that the writing was not Russian, that the craft was not the right size, and that the engineering of the craft... Like, the craft that he found did not indicate Soviet or U.S. spacecrafts of the time. Like, this guy just knew. Yeah. So, even further, in 1991, ordinance from the Goddard Space Center for the flight of the Cosmos 96 were reviewed by James Oberg, 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 James Oberg, that's his name. He was an expert on Soviet spacecrafts and a UAP skeptic. He concluded that based on the ordinance he was provided, it could not be Cosmos ninety six. Uh the Soviet embassy at the time also maintained that it wasn't Cosmos ninety six, but that could have just been out of like embarrassment or shame. Like, oh shit, our tech didn't work, like we don't want to let people know. No, it wasn't mine. Well, they straight up were just like, no, it was probably the US tech. It's probably you guys. You guys suck a little <laughs> bit, right? Like yeah. <laughs> I bet it was you. Um, by 1993, though, Oberg published an amendment to his theory. He suggested that the co- that Cosmos 96 theory could account for the landing in Canada and also Kexburg. He stated that the failed probe's boosters may have blown up. Additionally, he acknowledged that the tracking data provided couldn't posi- positively identify any specific pieces of the failed probe that may have blown off. Mm-hmm. He claimed to believe that the U.S. government lied about their findings in order to steal pieces of the probe that were recovered, i.e. that heat shield technology. He stated that they were far too valuable to give back to the Soviet Union and that they were attempt, that the U.S. was attempting to skirt international law, which stated space junk collected on foreign soil should be returned to the country of origin. Oberg maintains that they leaned on UFO buffs to cover up finding U.S. Soviet, finding Soviet military tech. Okay. So those were, like he was like, no, but yeah. <laughs> but, but like, I'm not even finishing that sentence. They didn't even allow people to say it was a UFO. So this idea is fucking crazy. But yes. also for them to be like, no, you're fucking wrong. Don't talk about it. To them, have them go out and talk about it, figure out later that it was something else. And then being like... All right, we'll let you keep talking about it. We won't say anything from now on. Yeah, Because people kept talking. Yeah. Oh, my God. My nose is so fucking itchy, dude. Ugh. All right. So then not NASA started getting sued, <laughs> <laughs> which is, like, not a new thing. NASA gets sued all the time because yeah. they're like, we don't know what we saw. There, we? When your whole yeah, when your whole career is based on I don't know what I saw, yeah. then I guess you can hide shit easily. But also, like
1: you're about space, like you should be like up all in this and like you know I like whatever.
0: Yeah, it's because not should, just like the dead parts of space they care about. They care about the shit in space too. What like, comes out of space? Like, yeah,
1: like you can't keep being like oh I don't know when
0: literally your job as NASA is to try to, to know. like figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Like, so in 1997, there was a group called the Coalition for the Freedom of Intelligence, CFI, um, cool. which began the Kexberg Initiative. They had uh, they had the support of Clinton at the time, um, and they were headed by John Podesta. They declassified 800 million pages of documentation. Still don't did not verify that number; just wrote it down. Yeah, but that's a fuck ton. Yeah. Um, but Podesta specifically pushed for inf- information on Kexberg, and he ended up getting together with Stan Gordon. Um, but then in 2003, there was a file, a lawsuit filed again against NASA to release documents from the military inf- investigation of Kexberg. <coughs> the lawsuit began where a NASA official told the Sci-Fi Channel uh, that the object could not have been a satellite. This denial prompted Leslie Keen to submit a Freedom of Information Act request regarding the uncovered UFO crash site in Kecksburg. Mm-hmm. The request was fought by NASA, who did like end up turning over some documents, but they were like nothing of relevance. They didn't really answer anything. They were just like, here's our stuff. But I just imagine them to just be like blacked out pages. Like It's just like, yeah. here's the files. Redacted, redacted, <laughs> redacted, you know? Yeah. Um, but then in March of the same year, NASA officially tried to get the case thrown out. But the judge was kind of seemingly okay. They denied it. They're like, no, you need to tell people what happened.
1: Yeah, which rules.
0: But the government gets to government and just be like, we don't know. And they just, like, refused to release any other information. And they maintained that they couldn't find anything in the area. Cool. Um, <clears throat> there was a statement made on the lawsuit in 2005 by a NASA spokesperson to the Associated Press in which the claimant stated a Russian satellite was recovered uh, from the site. So prior to 2005, the possibility of the crash being a Soviet satellite was supposedly ruled out by a study of orbital analysis of all known man-made crafts orbiting at the time. And this was a study conducted by NASA, but now this guy from NASA is publicly denying it. Um. Very fucking weird. Annoying. Oh, very annoying. So then during 2003, scientists discovered some physical evidence that uh, something did crash through the trees. Um, in 1965, uh, witnesses gave locations for this. Uh, in the same year, they also eliminated the possibility that the object was man-made. The World Authority on Space Systems corroborated that. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of confusion around this case, which it happens a lot, but this one does seem more purposeful. Mm-hmm. The Kexberg incident can't really be summed up nicely with a neat bow, but what Uf- UAP case can be. Uh, as we all know, we don't know shit, but with witness testimonials and testimonial redactions speak volumes. And we certainly know that we don't trust geese, especially not geese in black. Yeah, fuck geese in black. Fuck geese in black. Someone draw that picture.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: But they need little lipsticks. So yeah, I not- mean, they do. Like, yeah, like- I like. Oh, I hate the idea of a goose with a lipstick on. Yeah, drawn on. But fake I also lips. do like it at the same time. It's but cute. only in like a humiliation kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, Kaxberg has kind of. It seems like they have their years of being like, let's talk about this and years that they don't, but they do have some tourism now and I don't want to do field trip. Yeah. It's sort of like, that's what I was saying. We should just do it. We need to field trip. Cause it's honestly like, I mean, it's in Pennsylvania, but it is kind of far, but it would like it, it's it close could to be everything else. Thing. Uh, yeah. Like all the other things that we want to do. That is, that is very true. Um, but there was this guy, Ron Struble. He actually was a partner of Stan Gordon. He was the head of the fire department's UFO committee. Uh, he was one of the first witnesses uh, and he believed that they that the town should lean into the hype of the UFOs. He pushed for the town to consider using the UAP as an attraction for tourism. Mm-hmm. Like hell, even, even if it's one day a year, it's a small town that could use that economic bump. I get what he's doing. So then in 2005, there was a UFO store that was opened at the back of the fire department social hall and bar um, and there is also a Replica of the object. Acord. Yeah, hanging out outside on like on a hill outside of the firehouse. It was made for unsolved mysteries.
1: Yeah, I definitely want to go there.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you know this. So I know that's why, like, part of you is excited, but uh, the fire department also has an area dedicated to the crash inside their fire hall. It's a real Charlie Day in a mailroom type situation with cork boards and newspaper <laughs> clippings and, you know, red tape and fucking shit. And it's awesome. Um, but there's also a old-fashioned day in UFO festival. So it's not just the fire department that, like, loves this mm-hmm. or leans into it, at least. It's the entire town does it. And in recent years, it was just the old-fashioned festival, and then they changed it and added this UFO aspect to it, and now the, fa- the fairgrounds needs to get bigger. Like, in 2010, I think one of the local newspapers was like, we need to make this- the fairgrounds bigger, so they're doing all right with this. Hell yeah. Um, but it is known for both UAP enthusiasm and burnout contests, which is so fun. <laughs> it's like aliens and fast cars. Do you think they try to make acorn shapes? I want them to. Yeah. I would really love that. That would be very cool, but I can't. And I don't make, know. Wheels are hard like that. I don't know if you could do it. I don't know. You could be a really talented burnout driver. That is true. And if you're just a burnout, like you like weed and stuff. You could make an acorn with your mouth. No, there's a UFO themed cafeteria though. And they oh. sell UFO burgers and fries.
1: Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs>
0: Never mind. I don't actually know if that's real, like, if it's just, like, a concept they want to do or what, but, like, I hope it is. We'll find out when we go. Yeah. Um, And just a couple more notes. In 2005, Gordon interviewed retired police officer... Why would I write that retired cop who spoke with the, with Metz on the day of the crash and claimed that within a day or two of the incident, Carl Metz told him that he had seen an object in the woods, which was the first time anyone's really talked about Metz seeing something. He mm-hmm. said it and then denied it from then on. And then November 9th, 2010, Stan Gordon republished an article in the dairy, Daily Courier claiming that numerous people have spoken to him about the incident since 1965 and that he is still at it. So, hail Stan Gordon. Hail Stan Gordon. Hail John Murphy. <laughs> Rip, hail baby. Murphy. Rip. Um, Rip. And that's the Kecksburg UFO incident.
1: Yay! Again. Again.
0: <laughs> Again for us. First time for you guys. <laughs> Doesn't it feel good?
1: Yeah, I feel bad because I feel like both of us are kind of tired and it's not like the hype that we had last time.
0: It's okay. I mean... We were definitely. I think like, just, we just. We like, definitely. It was a really good episode. I'm we annoyed were like, about ah, it. Nah, 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 nah. Like, and I think that's part. Like, that's cool that you knew the story and stuff, and it was fun. and It was different, but like, we are bummed that that happened. So again, <laughs> if you have a software that you got that you use to record stuff, we'll take any suggestion. Hell yeah! Because <laughs> we want to keep doing this, and we don't want to have technical difficulties that make episodes take longer to get out. True. All right. Well. Um, yeah. Welcome to season three, I guess, guys. Welcome to Aliens with Area 215. Hopefully we'll have another one soon.
1: Yeah, and we're we're going to try to do something real cute for the solstice, Yule.
0: Oh, I'm actually really excited. I can't stop going around doing this really annoying thing to Johnny where I... Oh, God, I want to be able to say Don't it. Don't do it. Just the <laughs> libra- teasers. But I keep running around my house doing all this weird shit so excited <laughs> about the next episode. So I think it's going to be cool. I'm excited.
1: Um, all right, guys, well, let's, uh, let's, let's do the damn thing. You let's guys kind of know the drill, and if you don't, um, you know, we have, uh, a Patreon and a Ko-Fi, uh, Patreon, $3 a month, gets you all of our really cool shit and all of our cocktail, epi- or cocktail specs, as well as, like, bonus episodes, We need to start material. the new playlist for season oh, yeah. three, new You'll playlist have access for season to the three. other ones as well. Um... Yeah, and then the Ko-fi is just basically like if you just want to give us like a one-time like tip thing, like tip your bartender type business.
0: We work hard for our money. We also buy all of the cocktail stuff. And we might have to like buy new software equipment. Out of our new out of our pockets and now we need And new I might software. need to buy a new computer. Yeah. at some point. We pay for a lot of stuff just to make this happen. And it, it a lot of it is just because we really 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 do enjoy it, but we hope you enjoy it enough to help us, you know, continue to do this. Yeah um but we love you
1: uh email us whatever the fuck you want at area215pod at gmail.com and we can like talk about it and maybe talk about it on the podcast
0: and i'm gonna do a thing that i didn't tell sam what I was doing but now i have control of it so i'm gonna be annoying if you guys want one of our stickers they're our new logo done by rosebear arts um we're any we're taking donations to get some t-shirts made if you want one of our sweet, cool holographic stickers, reach out to me personally on Instagram. I'm just Buffy Cancer on Instagram. Find me. I'm tagged in area two Shit, I'm willing to take this over. We have a limited amount, and I just want you guys to have them. Well, also too,
1: you can just uh, if if you don't want to have people message you personally, they could oh, also fuck. they could also message the Instagram, which is that's cool too. Area underscore two one five. On
0: Instagram, well, you have Talk to find to. the Instagram to find my Instagram. <laughs> That's so very true. So you need reach to do out both. to one of those things. I will figure out how to get you a sticker. I want people to have these. They're so fucking cool, I want to get shirts. Yeah. So cool. I have to pee again.
1: All right. Well,
0: <laughs> uh, say your names. Then. The Buffy the Toon's Punisher. A I'm going to go pee.
1: Yeah. This is uh, like doing the Batman shit, and I'm alone again. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: this happened on the last time. And now I
1: know. I'm and then I felt weird talking to myself. All right. Whatever. This is. Sam Hot Vodka, thanks for fucking hanging out and dealing with us being weird and chaotic, I guess. I don't know. Maybe not. Who cares? Fuck you. See you later.